This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. One of the first and probably most important employees that you hire is your bookkeeper. And there are hundreds of thousands of people out there who claim to be a bookkeeper. And, you know, most of them really and truly aren't bookkeepers. They're following a system that's been put in place by previous bookkeepers in their companies. And they may or may not really and truly understand bookkeeping. And owners drive me crazy sometimes because the first thing you do is abdicate. Oh, goody, I've hired a bookkeeper. I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. Wrong. You still have to worry about the financial side of your business. There are so many bookkeepers out there who are honest, hardworking, and try really hard. And then there's that 1% who are the embezzling bookkeepers who have a lot of patience and that they walk into your shop and see no policies and no procedures. They go, oh, goody, how much can I steal from them? Granted, it's a very small percentage, but that's the percentage we hear about the most. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about bookkeepers and hiring bookkeepers and some of the things that bookkeepers should and should not do. And at the end, one of the things that I talk about a lot is a bookkeeping test whenever you're hiring a new bookkeeper to make sure they pass this test. And I give this test to anybody who wants it, so I'll tell you how to get it at the end of the program. So... First thing I want you to think about is if you already have a bookkeeper who supposedly knows what he or she is doing and your books are a mess, the first question you want to be asking is why? If a bookkeeper knows what he or she is doing, then your book should be clean. They should be readable. There shouldn't be negative cash. There shouldn't be negative payroll taxes payable. There shouldn't be negative loan payments. I mean, come on, let's be real here. That's not real. If you had negative cash, the bank would close your account because you'd be bouncing checks and writing checks on money you don't have. And that, you know That's the best way I know of to get out of business. The books absolutely should be readable. And if they are a mess, you might have somebody who's embezzling and finding a way to keep it a mess so that you don't see what's really going on and you don't have the paper flow behind it. So... Think about it this way. If a bookkeeper is really, really good, they are mortified when they make a mistake. Bookkeepers pride themselves on being totally accurate and really and truly understanding the financial side, i.e. the bookkeeping side, i.e. debits matching credit side of the business. All right, let me stop here for a second. Your role as the owner or manager of a company is not to know the debits and credit side. That's what your bookkeeper is for. But your responsibility is to look at what the bookkeeper produces and go, yeah, that looks right, or no, that doesn't look right. Let's get the backup here or there. Your responsibility is to take what the bookkeeper prepares and actually put it together in some sort of a financial basis. And if you want to see what some of those are, go get my book, The Ugly Truth, or excuse me, The Courage to Be Profitable. It talks about all the trends that are very easy to do and what you can tell by looking at the different parts of your profit and loss statement and balance sheet. All right, so if somebody's walking in the door, somebody like me especially, and a bookkeeper is objecting vehemently, you're 
radar and warning signs should be going up because something's going on. Most bookkeepers who are really, really good love have somebody, some love having somebody like me come in the door simply because it just proves that they know what they're doing and they're very um, proud of what they've done and those types of things. So be very careful when bookkeepers, you know, when your books are a mess or when bookkeepers are um, not real happy when people like me walk in the door. So just be careful there. All right. The other thing that you want to make sure is that bookkeepers never, ever, ever, ever sign checks. Now you're going to say, well, what if the, my bookkeeper is my wife? All right. Don't get a divorce, which is my answer there, because it gets into a real mess. I'll give you an, a perfect example of this. One time, uh, husband and wife owned a business together. The wife, for whatever reason, never had check signing authority on the business checking account. They got into this really messy and nasty divorce. And the woman decided she was going to get her husband, and she did. She didn't pay payroll taxes for a year. Now, remember that she doesn't have check signing authority. And the IRS rule is that he who or she who has check signing authority is the people that they can go after. So the IRS went after him because he had the check signing authority. He was the one who had control over whether the checks got written to the, uh, the IRS or not and everything along those lines. And she was off scot-free and going, ha, 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 I got him. And she did get him. I mean, think about what that really and truly is. So Bookkeepers, if they're smart, don't want check signing authority because they don't want to be responsible for the company's payroll taxes. And for that one reason alone, I would not, if I were a bookkeeper, want check signing authority on any checking account where I was not an owner. All right. So just be careful there. The other thing that you want to make sure with bookkeepers is that they produce accurate and timely financial statements for you. And that means by the 15th of the following month. So if this is June, June's statements should be on your desk no later than July 15th, preferably by July 10th. And you're also in a situation now where we don't have the issues that we had 10 years ago. Everybody has online banking. You can look at your bank statements and get your bank statements online every single day if you want to. And I'm not suggesting that you do it, but you could. Most of your vendors are sending you invoices every single day, and you just have the statements to make sure that everything's in the right spot. So there's really no excuses anymore not to get your financials done by the 10th of the following month. Now, granted, in some larger companies, it may not be possible because you're still closing things out and things along those lines. But for smaller companies, it should be there by the 10th of the month. And that means that you as an owner have to look at it. And that's a subject for a totally different discussion which I will have online at some point in time as we go through the years in terms of understanding the different parts and different pieces of financial statements. So let's assume that you're ready for a bookkeeper. Um, you have been trying to do the books yourself or you have somebody you don't think is there or your wife's doing the book and, and she really and truly doesn't understand bookkeeping either. Now, let me also say I've had some wives who were not bookkeepers who really, really, really learned it really well and have become phenomenal bookkeepers just by doing it and by asking questions and by reading and doing those types of things. Um, I have a bookkeeping manual that a lot of them have bought, which goes through everything as it relates to HVAC and plumbing and electrical. Um, it's not meant for retail stores or something along those lines. So, I mean, there are some wives out there who've done a phenomenal job with bookkeeping in terms of really getting everything accurate and really getting everything right. 
So kudos to them for learning something that is probably was very foreign to them in the beginning. All right. So if you need to, we're going to talk after the break, we're going to talk about what happens if you need to hire a bookkeeper or you want to hire a bookkeeper. Remember that when you do hire the bookkeeper, you don't abdicate the financial side of your business. The only thing that you can get rid of is the actual day-to-day entries of the debits and the credits and and making sure that payroll gets done and those types of things. It's not, you're still going to look, you still have to look at the financial statements and you're going to still have to interpret what they mean. So we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I've seen my client salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18-year-old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about, yet never ask. Can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area. Don't let this happen to you. Here's a transcript of an email sent to Ruth King. Dear Ruth, I wish I had this book two years ago. I discovered my bookkeeper had embezzled over $200,000 from the company. I used to be debt-free. Now I have a mortgage and payments on other debt I incurred to relieve the cash flow crunch caused by the embezzlement. Don't let this sad situation be your story too. An epidemic of workplace thievery and embezzlement harms today's business world, our economy, and ultimately your income and net worth. Discover the top 50 ways employees and vendors steal from you in Ruth King's new book, The Ugly Truth About Cash. Ruth also gives you the procedures to implement to help prevent embezzlement and keep the honest people honest. Find the ugly truth about cash on Amazon or go to www.thecouragetobeprofitable.com to order an autographed copy of Ruth's book. Get the information you need to protect your hard-earned cash and assets. That's thecouragetobeprofitable.com. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, we talked about some of the issues as it relates to bookkeeping and as it relates to bookkeepers never having uh, authority to sign checks. And the question usually comes up, okay, I get the piece with respect to payroll taxes. The other piece that's really important is that if your bookkeeper is embezzling, if they have check signing authority, it is a lot harder to prosecute. If they don't have check signing authority, it's a lot easier to prosecute as a felony, which is much more dangerous and much more impactful and much more likely that they will wear an orange jumpsuit for a period of time. So let's assume that you are looking to hire a bookkeeper. And I have a bookkeeping test that I will talk to you about at the end of this program that I, anybody who wants it, you can have a copy of it. If they pass the test, you hire them or they're eligible for hire, let's put it that way. All right, so number one, let's talk about putting an ad together for a bookkeeper. There are six things that you have to do when you're hiring for this position. Number one, your ad really and truly has to reference heating and air conditioning, plumbing, or whatever you know construction trade you're working in, uh, generators, whatever. Bookkeepers who've worked for retail stores and doctors and insurance companies usually don't have a clue about how to 
properly keep books for construction companies. If they have followed an existing system, they will make major mistakes because they don't generally get job costs. They don't generally get the fact that there is two types of labor. There's labor that is for overhead and there's labor that is for cost of sales, i.e. field labor. I mean, things that they don't get because they've never seen it because they've only done retail type work. You need somebody who has construction experience if you can get it. Number two, which goes to number two, which is the bookkeeper you hire has to understand job costing and accounting for inventory. And you can say, well, I don't have inventory on my books. You need inventory on your books. The, one of the very first Contractor Sense podcasts we did, we talked about the fact that inventory is a bet and the fact that you need inventory on your books because it really and truly does let you know what's going on. Um, you obviously have to have balance sheet and profit and loss statements, which reflect direct and overhead costs accurately. And you have to know the cost of the jobs you install, service, and maintain. So without proper job costing, which is not usually a part of somebody who has worked for a doctor for all intents and purposes, you really can't make good business decisions, and you want to make sure your bookkeeper puts everything in the right spots. Um, I've talked about this a lot. Inventory is a bet, and you're using your hard-earned cash to purchase materials that you might use in the future. Those materials need to be going on your balance sheet under inventory because you haven't used them yet. And then when you use them, it goes into material expenses. So you've got to track it properly. And that allows you to job cost properly too. All right, number three, the bookkeeper has to be comfortable working in a construction environment. All right, construction, as we all know, can get rough sometimes. And if somebody's going to be offended, if somebody says a curse word, they really don't belong in our industry. Um, they have to be able to stand up to employees who are going to try and bully her or him. They don't turn in their time. What are they going to do about it? They don't turn in their paperwork or their gas receipts. What is she going to do about it? He's going to do about it. If this person cannot take charge, the person will fail, absolutely fail in this position, even if he or she does understand bookkeeping. Number four, and this is critical, do a background check. Story for one of my clients, a bookkeeper, uh, they, they're, they're, actually their CFO, was moving to another state, and she was a phenomenal CFO. And she gave plenty of notice and said, look, you know, I'm happy to help train, I'm happy to help do whatever to make the transition smooth. And one of his colleagues knew somebody who was looking for a bookkeeping position. This person passed with flying color. She passed the bookkeeping test. She passed all of their interviews. And then they went and did a background check and found out that she had been in jail for embezzling. Remember, really good bookkeepers can be embezzlers. I'm not saying they all are, but they can be. <laughs> and so they found that through a background check. Now, I don't mean social media background checks. Of course, that's important to look at their Facebook and those types of things. You need a background check for 15 years. Right? And most background checks only go for seven, but I want you to do one for 15 because... Bookkeepers are patient, embezzlers are patient. You have to go back 15 years to make sure that nothing's gone on. Okay? Number five is to find out what software packages they do have experience with. And this is probably the least critical piece of information, simply because they understand bookkeeping on one system. It's pretty easy to figure it out on another system. So, you know, if they have 
background with QuickBooks or with Sage 300 or Sage 100 or any of the software packages that we use in the industry, they're probably going to be able to go, okay, I get this. It goes here, da 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 And it's usually not a big deal, right? And number six, which is the most important, and I have alluded to during this podcast, is to give the bookkeeper a test. And here's my rule. If the bookkeeper passes the test, then you can keep going. The bookkeeper flunks the test. They don't know enough bookkeeping to do your business. And I had a contractor one time. He was in a smaller town and nobody was passing the bookkeeper test. And I have a sneaking suspicion. One really good looking woman walked in the door and he's like, can I hire her? And I said, no, please, no, you can't hire her because she didn't pass the test. Now, the bookkeeping test is not hard. It really looks at it and says, does this person know bookkeeping? It's not meant to stump them. I've had people get 100 on this test. I mean, and just fly through the answers and, and know it really, really, really well. So make sure you give them the test, all right? So here are the six things if you're going to be hiring a bookkeeper again. Number one, your ad must reference heating and air, plumbing, electrical, or whatever. Number two is the bookkeeper you must you hire must understand job costing and accounting for inventory and basically construction. Number three, the bookkeeper has to be comfortable working in a construction environment. Number four is you have to do a background check for at least 15 years. Number five, to find out what software packages they have experience with. And that's the least critical piece of information and most importantly, number six, give them a bookkeeping test. Candidate, again, if the candidate doesn't pass it, no matter how good or she looked or he looked on paper during the interview, you don't hire that person. And I want to do one more reminder. You know, once you've got this bookkeeper and the bookkeeper is trained, you have to continue to watch. You have to be continuously vigilant on the financial side of your business. Do not abdicate it, all right? As long as there's cash, many of you think that you're okay. Not necessarily. There's been, there have been owners who, when they first have a cash flow problem, find out that a bookkeeper had been embezzling fifty dollars to $100,000 over a three-year period, didn't know it because you didn't pay attention. Start paying attention even when cash flow is really, really, <clears throat> excuse me, really, really, really good. Again, abdicate the debits and credits and the bookkeeping activities, but you still keep control over the financial side. You still watch your cash. You still make sure that the cash that you have stays there and is only used for things you want it to be used for. All right. So thank you for joining us. I want you to choose one thing today that you discovered. And if you're looking for a bookkeeper, implement the six suggestions that I made. <clears throat> These ideas and tactics and strategies will help you make more money, have more free time and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. And if you'd like a copy of the bookkeeping test or for any comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email me at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv, R-U-T-H-K-I-N-G at H-V-A-C-C-H-A-N-N-E-L.tv. So thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.